So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Hello, hello, my beautiful listeners. How are you today? It feels like it's been a while. Something that I've been doing with my son, he has this little stack of Mindful Kids cards. Shout out to the Mindful Kids Co., Little Renegades. Um, Super cute. My mom got them for him. And one of the questions today, and this is, you know, something that we talk about in alcohol coaching is how to override an emotion. Now, we do that enough with alcohol, but in a positive way, in a way that's going to create more benefit for our life, really shift the perspective away from what's wrong about this situation, what needs to be altered about this situation into, can I be satisfied with what is? Can I be satisfied with what has been naturally given to me by life as a human, right? So, so much of the need to change and alter the way things are and reshape reality is the fact that we don't accept what is. Now, accepting and consent are two different things. You have to accept what is in front of you, your circumstances of life, in order to be able to grow your awareness to change. And gratitude is, you know, a little bit of a hot word, popular word in the world, but gratitude and satisfaction really override the need to alter and change what is, especially when it comes to yourself, especially when it comes to shaming and blaming yourself for an emotion. So the invitation in this card today was to simply soften your eyes and to take a breath. If you're driving, I do not recommend that, but you can become conscious of your breathing even with your eyes open. So take a deep breath in through your nose. Pause the breath at the top, holding it in, and then let out a nice exhale through the mouth. Just take a moment to think about in this moment, 
what are you so grateful for? That if you didn't have it, you would want it. For me, it's my breath, right? We always have that to be grateful for because without that, we have nothing. Our health, our wellness, our legs, our ability to move our body, our ability to be vulnerable and open to love. Feeling the sun on the skin. Being able to feel the stark contrast of emotion because inside of sadness lives a great joy. And when we are unwilling or just not aware that we're actually avoiding our emotions, we're actually avoiding our natural state, we never give ourselves the opportunity to see what the gifts of emotion are. And if you've been listening for a while, you know you've heard me talk about the gift of human emotion. If we were not supposed to have the depth of emotion that we have, why do we? What's possible to know know and learn underneath the full breadth of experience of emotion? This is human liberation. This is the gift and the power that has been conditioned out of us because of societal constructs. And so it is my invitation to you, my sweet, beautiful listener, the divine beauty that you are as woman, to know that your power and wisdom and intuition and your pleasure and purpose on this planet lives with the exploration of getting to know yourself on a deep emotional level. When we stop drinking, you start to notice the subtlety of your own personal rhythms and flow, right? The subtlety of how you respond hormonally throughout the month, regardless if you're menstruating still or not. There is so much wisdom there to get to choose how to respond to life to get to say, no, thank you, I'd rather take a nap, to get to say, I'm just not in the space right now to have that conversation because you know what's happening with you and for you. And when you dissociate, you don't have as much access to that information and you don't feel confident enough to be able to express your needs as is. So today, there may be a little background noise. (laughs) Matthew is home working outside and I didn't even realize it. Um, I probably shouldn't have said anything because now that you might be waiting for it. So if you hear a little sawing, (laughs) that's what it is. I am not in a sound box. I'm just in my office. So today, I wanted to talk about bridging the gap from the impossible to the possible So many of my clients, I have been hearing lately, it's so amazing, they are surprised at how easy it has been for them to not drink. Now, this doesn't mean that life surprisingly got easier. It just means that the reason that they didn't choose to not drink before was simply a thought that it would be hard. They never even gave themselves an opportunity to try to think, wow, what if this was easy? What if I stepped into the person, the mind of the person, the woman, where this just isn't necessary because I know, look at all of these other things that I'm capable of, right? Raising children, having children, responding to stressful work situations, right? Like there's all of these things that I'm actually capable of that I don't drink that why not see if drinking has actually become this unnecessary limitation to life. So we know that our thoughts create our reality and thoughts are optional. They don't always seem optional because the brain becomes habitually used to thinking thoughts, the same thoughts, like 90% of the thoughts the same every single day because you do so many of the same things, right? But 
awareness, growing awareness of what are my thoughts? What is the thought that I think to get from A to B is how we can start to see why we feel the way we do, why we experience certain emotions. So right now, it's, it, the thought you have is that it's impossible to quit drinking, right? Or some version of that. Like it seems really scary. It seems really challenging. But we know that other people don't drink. We know that it's possible. So how do we get from impossible thinking to believing, right? To just being in possibility. Like now this is my reality. I've created what was once impossible. Everything that you see around you, computers, right? Like everything was once an impossibility. It was once just a thought. But someone moved beyond that thought to believe one step closer. So they found evidence in their thinking, right? We know how a light bulb works, right? For an example, or, you know, we study sound and vibration. So there's all of these, like, what's the next step? So we make these rungs to a ladder or a bridge to get us from impossible to possible. So the thought it's going to be so hard and terrible not to drink is just that. It's simply just a thought. It is actually not a fact. The reason we know it's not a fact is because there are many people in the world who don't have the same thought. And facts are something that we all can agree on, right? Like that this is a rock. This is a house, right? We all agree on it. So there's so many interpretations of drinking, of this is going to be so hard not to drink, or any other variation that creates a challenging obstacle when it comes to changing your relationship to alcohol. So the coolest thing about being human is that we can believe anything we want. It's literally our superpower. We can believe something else that no one believes. And you've probably heard me talking about this. I mean, look at the world, right? There's so many religions. Um, when we think about, you know, like, um, I love to think about like in the Santa Claus movies, like the true believers, right? That idea that believing is seeing, right? It's that belief in the the Christmas spirit, if you will, the magic of the season that creates that the ability to see beyond. It's like the beyond the illusion because you can feel it in your heart. So we can believe in something so hard that we can feel it. We can see it and we can actually even hear it. Like you can transport yourself to a future destination that you've never even been to. But there's evidence in the outer world that other people have been there, right? Like there's flights that go there or whatever. So, or like getting a job. But for some reason, when it comes to alcohol, there's the possibility to stop, right? Because there's all of this conditioned story that there's a normal way to drink and that drinking is required as an adult or some version of that that you have. Um, in your belief system around alcohol. And then we also have the chemical reward that makes it even looking at those thoughts kind of challenging, even if we know to the contrary that, of course, not drinking is going to be a healthier option. That chemical reward comes in so hard, so fast, so strong. And then we're like, okay, fine. Yes, that's true. Right. But we're not actually investigating it further. if it is in your perspective of alcohol that makes it what it is. So there is that chemical response and that triggers a desire. But that part of it is simply the act of feeling a sensation, right? So if we allow ourselves to feel the sensation of an urge rather than the story associated with it, we can move through the urge with ease. We just don't practice feeling sensations because part of the brain thinks that in feeling this urge or this sensation and not responding to it, we will die, right? That's kind of like 
the extreme that there's something terribly wrong. But what you know about feeling sensations is that nothing can happen. You just feel a vibration in your body. The more you think about it, the worse it gets. But when you can dive into the sensation of the body and out of the head, that goes away. So that's, you know, the the first step to overcoming an urge. But then there's all the other stories that you have about the hypothetical future, what it means about you, so on and so forth. All of your thoughts that create the belief around alcohol really are what make it harder. So if you think about like any blank canvas or like this idea of like planning a trip or a future focused destination, but think about like literally a blank canvas or a yard that has never been landscaped or a pot of on the stove, right? There's nothing there. But you have some tools and you have some strategy, maybe you have a cookbook, maybe you like did a little Pinterest board or whatever, and you have imagination and you have the desire to turn this, we'll just say blank canvas into something that you will enjoy, right? So you don't see this opportunity, this unknown, this empty pot and lose your mind and think, oh my gosh, like, what if I fail, right? I mean, there are people that might be really nervous about cooking because they're really afraid of failure. And then that's a different model to explore all the way together. But most of the time we get excited about a project, right? Or if you are an artist or a blank piece of paper, right? Whatever it is that you enjoy, it's like that desire for the final result and then the, the process, the journey of creating it is, is, is exciting, right? And you can believe it's possible because you've seen some other people do it. You have some tools, like you have a rake. Again, you have your Pinterest board. So, it, so it's all of your beliefs about it that have created what is impossible, this blank canvas, to... Oh yeah, that is possible, right? Like the the fight or flight doesn't come in thinking, oh my gosh, we're we're gonna die. There's something wrong here. I don't know what to do, right? And that could come up. There could be some stress that comes up, like you walk away from a pot and you know, you start burning stuff, the smoke alarm goes off, right? But but there's like we can come back. We can come back, we know how to fix it. The reason this is so challenging with alcohol is because there's no manual until now. (laughs) There are a few other strategies, but some of the other strategies in the world are avoid, resist, and distract, right? That doesn't work. We know that. We know willpower runs out. And then when we do that, avoid, resist, distract, change the circumstance, we give all of our power away to alcohol. And we let, in some way, we say to ourselves, you are incapable of learning a new way. You are broken. You are stuck. You will always feel like you're in deprivation and you will always have the desire to drink. And I know that this isn't true because I've experienced this in my life. So (laughs) we bypass that and we look to evidence of learning something else, going from impossible to possible. You've done it so many times in your life. You've done it in so many other ways that there wasn't a manual. If you're a parent, if you're a partner, right? If you're an entrepreneur, um, like just think about the last thing you did. You were just like, I'm just doing it, right? And if that scares you, then you might, there might be like a question of why, why, what, what emotion am I unwilling to feel? And because what if I'm, because what I'm making it mean about me, if I can't do this, am I unworthy? And we know that's not true, right? We're human. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the sun will still shine. The birds will still chirp. If all of the structures of society went away, we would still be okay. We would still figure it out because we have a human brain. So you can always get back to where you are right now, right? So like the worst case scenario, if you try a new way of unlearning alcohol, is that you end up back where you are. 
But then there's like an even worse case, which is that you never experienced what was possible on the other side of alcohol. You really limited your perspective of of the womanhood that you're experiencing right now. You halted it at alcohol. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't go have adventures and new things, but there are so many limits to what's possible with alcohol because you are always halting the fullest expression of who you are, the most authentic version of who you are. So you, so we've all used our mind to create something before it exists, everyone on the planet. And the same is true for alcohol. So you have to start creating your results first by disproving the thoughts that you had about them when you started drinking. Like your belief story around alcohol is old. It's not even true. I mean, if you started drinking when you were 15 or 16, like that's not even a version of who you are. You've learned so many things since then. You've just never questioned it, right? And then the habit gets stronger. Frequency and duration, that chemical dependency gets stronger. That emotional dependency gets stronger. So for example, when you were young, drinking may have helped you Um, be more outgoing, kind of like fit in with the crowd, not be like as shy or as timid at a party, right? But now as an adult, as a woman, it actually inhibits your ability to connect and communicate clearly. You're not as articulate when you speak. You can't go as deep. Maybe you forget a conversation, a really meaningful conversation that you had, right? And you're actually not scared anymore to talk to people. You love connecting with people as an example. And so that thought is still in there. It's just never been investigated. And how we go from what feels impossible to possible is we have to grow our awareness about the thoughts that are making it feel impossible, that are blocking us and limiting us. Because again, thoughts aren't facts. They are just thoughts. You have so many thoughts running around through your head that just aren't true. They're hypothetical. They mean all these things about you. They mean all these things about the other person. And they're just not true. I mean, this is a good news. But there has to be a willingness to examine it, a willingness to be wrong, a willingness to dive into the brain. And, you know, like, because this will... This will continue to feel impossible until you actually implement the tools, until you actually stop to take the time to think about it. Writing them down is a really great way because not only are you thinking about it, but you're seeing it on paper and you're reading it at the same time, right? So we know writing like as a study tool works really well. That's why people take notes in class. So you have to examine your current thoughts about alcohol and find out if they're true or not. And I, just like myself and so many people that I've worked with, put off not drinking because because you think it's going to be miserable. And I have clients that come to me all the time. Why, you know, what has stopped you from starting this process? Well, it's going to be miserable. Like, what will I do? Like, what will life be like, right? You know, I, I work with people that have relationships with alcohol that stem over 40 years like that's a long relationship of course it doesn't happen overnight and I probably said this before on the podcast but it would be like crawling to work right like crawling to your destination if you knew how to walk that's what that feels like right because you're you're so used to getting that result habitually all it takes is a step back literally you step back you open your heart, you open your mind and you look around and, you know, we're just not used to interpreting the world through our emotions in a way that benefits us. We feel, and then we like go, we run, right? But when we come in tune with the emotion, it is our superpower. It is the awareness that will create the deepest knowledge of the self, you know, which is through our intuition. But if we don't ever, if we, if we ignore and avoid and distract and run from the emotions, then we never get the opportunity to, to meet them head on. So what we know about thoughts is that they're not real, that they're not facts, 
unless you're just blanketly stating there's a tree, right? Like, I mean, but we don't really talk like that. That's how we interpret our senses in our world, but we're not, that's not what's creating emotion, just stating facts. <clears throat> so you may have tried in the past and it may, might have fe- felt very miserable. It might have felt very possible to stop drinking, but that just doesn't mean that it'll always be the same because guess what? You're changing all the time. You're seeing new results. You have different goals. You have different things that are inspiring you. You have, you know, as our bodies change, there's things that just don't settle the same. You know, I know that I work with people that um, they can't really trust the amount of alcohol that they drink to know like if it's going to create kind of like a blackout, if they're going to remember because it can happen from two drinks or it can happen from, you know, 10. And so these are the ways that, um, that we change and that in in turn, our relationship with alcohol really needs to be reexamined again, because your thoughts have changed. You just haven't examined them to know, like you're a new person. So my client that thought, you know, it was going to be miserable not drinking, again, just a thought, decided to commit to this process because she followed the thread of her highest self, that little voice that was like, this isn't the way. And if we keep going down this road, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to be harder. And like, had that inkling that like, am I really enjoying this? Like, why? You know, what's the bigger why, right? And I don't want to talk about moderation because when you moderate, you are still giving power to alcohol. And when you moderate, you have to spend a lot of energy thinking about it. So moderation is an option, of course, for everyone, but it will not work if you don't take it all the way back to, to, to zero, like you have to backtrack and really wash through your mind because you're still, there's still all of these thoughts through moderation that I enjoy alcohol, alcohol is necessary and it has merit, right? And alcohol is neutral. I'm not, I'm not going to state my opinion about whether or not alcohol, you know, has, has any um, merit for your life or any benefit for your life. But when you moderate, what you're telling yourself is, this is so important that I have to figure out how to keep it around, right? But my invitation to you is like, what the hell is possible? Like for like six months, a year, just like take it off the plate. Take it off the plate. It's not going anywhere, right? And see if it's really that important. See what you're really missing out on. And really examine your thoughts about it. So this person was so shocked, and this isn't just her, but this is like everyone really, how simple it was when she started revealing her thoughts, when she just laid them out on the table. She came to find out that so many of them weren't true. That the thought about I'm going to be so bored or I'm going to be so irritated, like it ended up being the opposite. The opposite was true, but she had the willingness to commit, the willingness to explore curiosity and most importantly, compassion for herself. Compassion for relearning, learning something new as an adult that's been, you know, this lifelong habit, relearning new ways to be vulnerable, to express and experience emotion, being with social settings, right? She had to be the, have this willingness, this openness, and the compassion for herself that like, this might be a little awkward at first because I haven't experienced life like this in a long time, if ever, right? But we experience that in other settings. We just don't transfer that knowledge into the same settings as alcohol. Like you're not drinking all day at work and you're social with people, with with your family, right? Like there's so many areas that we don't realize we actually already have these tools. You just have to shift the framework, shift the lens and apply the tools that we all already have and nurture them and grow them. 
into a different way, you know, into a different framework, the framework around alcohol. Alcohol follows the same rules as learning any other tool, any other habit, unlearning anything. It doesn't just change overnight is the most important thing that you need to know. It is a process. And if you don't commit to a process, it will go back to the way that it was, or you will be using willpower and you will, you will then be miserable, right? That's why you feel like you'll be miserable because you'll be desiring alcohol and telling yourself, I can't have that. So you will be in deprivation and deprivation is miserable. But this is the third option, right? There's drinking, which you know you have the negative effects from. There's deprivation, And then there's the third option, which is called awareness and mindfulness. Non-judgmental awareness, compassion, the compassionate observer. So we witness ourselves and our thoughts through a new lens. We have to start doing this or it will always be challenging. And the joys of the other side of alcohol, you will never get to. To be willing to feel emotions and sensations. So it's just when I hear people say, I'm shocked at how simple it was, it's like, yeah, life still's happening, but I'm just not drinking. Life is still happening, but I'm showing up with more expansiveness and more of my mindset into abundance framework. I'm not as constricted, I'm not as contracted right? And it's so much freedom. You literally can't be free when you have this, when we're attached to something, right? We know about codependent relationships. And this is like something that can't even talk back to you. It's your own brain talking back to you. It's not alcohol, right? It's the habit of alcohol that was created in your brain. So it can be uncreated in your brain. There's just things that about drinking that just, you know, you realize they're not necessary. Why do I need a glass of wine to cook dinner, right? Why do I have to be around my friends who I really care about and go out to happy hour and have to drink? You have to give yourself a chance to try another way so you can disprove it, but with a different perspective. You can't show up thinking this is going to be impossible. You have to show up with new thoughts or curiosity about the ones that you have and just notice them and say, I see you thought, but we're choosing a different way. So a question that I really love is, what is the compelling reason for me to drink? Like what is so, I mean, to be compelled is to just like experience like this, like this big um, shift, right? Like there's this big emotion and this amazing result that I'm going to get from it. Like when I'm compelled to do something, there better be something good on the other side of it. So what is a compelling reason for me to drink? And for me personally, when I ask myself this question, because again, I don't think drinking is bad or good. I just think it's just drinking, right? doesn't make me bad or good. doesn't create any other thing about me. Now, the actions that I take might have different consequences, but, um, but for me, there's literally, I have no compelling reason to drink, even if the worst thing the worst disaster I could ever imagine was happening. Um, the oh, tragedy at this point for me, staying embodied, staying with myself, supporting myself, working through my emotions is so much more compelling for me because I know the process of feeling and like tears and going through emotions is actually the relief and the release of those emotions. Like when we cry, that is how we actually release the pain of the sadness, of the suffering. That it's not the it's not the opposite. It's not holding it in, is how it's not avoiding it is how we release the pain. We release the pain by going through the emotion. So for me, I have no compelling reason at all. Like I've done, I go through, I still go through this. I still look at the list because I talk about it all the time. I literally have no compelling reason to drink, right? 
So, and if it's simply just to not feel a feeling, is that worth it? Right? Or you might have the thought or the belief, like, I want to feel more of this feeling, but you're actually not, just so you know. So, like, if you're excited when you drink, you're actually not feeling that excitement. You're actually um, numbing that and you're feeling something different. So, there might be like a sense of euphoria, but it's that chemical response in the brain. So, whatever feeling you're feeling, you're interrupting that. And so, you're signaling to a part of yourself that how you're feeling is wrong. And you need to stop feeling that. And this is the opposite of compassion and support. It doesn't always just go from, you know, the, the belief of the impossible, which is like not drinking will be miserable, at, to, oh my God, I can't believe this was so easy overnight. Like that doesn't happen. Again, 40-year habit, however long it is. And... It's a process of unlearning. And you've heard me say this again and again. So you have to get curious, not just about alcohol, but about yourself. And that might be the scariest piece of all, right? Because where in the world, besides, you know, in some Eastern philosophy, are we really encouraged to know thyself, right? self-discovery, self-exploration, self-contemplation. That includes all the facets of being human. So if you can't have your own back for your own emotions, no one else will. The more you deny your natural, authentic state, the more you will look to the outer circumstances of your life to fix, to change, or to blame it. And we want this like emotional support from people all the time, but they can try to comfort you and understand you, but they can't feel for you. They can't validate your emotions if you don't believe them yourself. And then when we are triggered, when something means something about us, like if someone has an experience, like this happened to me this morning where... I've tried to work with Emmett home before and I made the decision to have him stay home today because Matthew wasn't driving to where we usually take him for childcare. And it's like a really, it would be a lot of time in the car um, for us and it just didn't make sense. And Matthew's like, well, I, I, you know, I don't want to see you get overwhelmed because it has happened in the past. And immediately I made it mean something about me, like my inability. It was so triggering and I was like, Okay, like this is his experience. Like what what am I making this mean about me instead of just being like, no, today, you know, I've got this, right? So stepping up kind of like to the plate for myself rather than making it be like, when you say that, now I feel bad, right? That's just his experience. He's not in control of my emotions because if I felt confident, if that didn't ring true for me, I would have been like, I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have even had any emotion about it. I've been like, whatever, right? But clearly I have some emotions about that because my own thoughts are, yeah, he's right. You know, I have responded poorly in the past to being stressed out when I'm working in Emmett's home. So we always have to go deeper. What are we making this mean about us? It always comes back to the ego every single time. So to to learn how to support yourself is to find that power within that unflinching power that you have it was it's there all along alcohol is overshadowing your greatest power which is your emotional self so to get from a to b you have to bridge that gap you have to have a strategy and a step by step process that works for you and your brain and you actually have to implement the work so you can read all the books you can listen to all the podcasts but until you actually pause and do it it's not going to work um i actually just posted i've never posted on instagram but if you go to my instagram and you can just give me like a follow if you want, I'm not really on there that much, but I posted this really awesome breath technique that I'm shared with my clients and I'm sharing with you and I've been doing it all the time. And it really is such an awesome opportunity to step out of the story and into the sensations and allow an urge to pass. And if you do it, it'll work. 
100% guaranteed, but you have to do it. So it's there. You can go on my Instagram, Mary Wagstaff Coaching, and uh, find it. So you another really important thing to do is that you have to find evidence right? Like that blank canvas in your life that you can learn new things and that this is no different. You can see other people. You can think about me. I drank for 20 years and I was just, I was just thinking about this because Emmett was watching me do yoga and he said, mom, you're so good at that. And I was thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, I've been, I've been doing yoga now for longer than I was drinking for. And that is so awesome. It's such a, it's more of an integrated part of me than drinking was. And I love to be able to think about that. So where in your life, like what do you want to be more of an integrated part of you than alcohol? What do you want to inform your brain and your heart and your life more than alcohol, right? Because there's not much that, you know, you can say. So focus on that. Let that be the thread. When I first started doing yoga, it was so hard. I remember being like, it hurt so bad. And oh my God, now I just can't get enough of it. It's like the key to the best version of my life. I'm so, I'm so grateful for that practice. Um, and so inside of this process also is a sense of trust and letting go because you actually haven't experienced the possibility of not drinking being easy and welcomed, right? So you have to really kind of just trust that, yeah, this is possible. I see other people doing it. I have, my brain is no different. And that is true. The calling of your higher self and that voice that is telling you something is there for a reason. So maybe it's time to figure out why. So what do you know about alcohol that just kind of creates a neutral feeling? So this is how we bridge the gap, right? We have to just find like facts and some neutral thoughts in between that get us to, wow, yeah, this really isn't necessary. It's a new way of learning, a new way of living. There's some new emotions but there's really no more compelling reason for me to drink. It's creating all of these negative results. It's keeping me away from my goals. It's keeping me up at night. We know it's not healthy, right? So here are just some thoughts that are just neutral to bridge that gap. It's a beverage. Just That's a neutral thought. It's a beverage, which it is. The only beverage I need to survive is water, right? The only um, like liquid that we need to drink is water. I mean, we don't, we can not eat for a long time too. Alcohol is not necessary for my survival. So you have to like be open because <laughs> some people will be like, I don't know. It's, I don't like, I don't want alcohol. I need it. Right. I've seen this posted on Instagram before. It's like, if that's your thought, come on, we gotta, we can do something about that. Because even in the depths of my depths, I wasn't like, I need it, you know? I don't want to feel like that about anything. I mean, I love coffee, but I'm not, I don't, I know I don't need it, you know? It's just like, you have to be kind of like that step into the emotional adult role to just like look at the facts. Alcohol is not necessary for my survival. My body is healthier without alcohol. We know alcohol um, has carcinogens and is a neurotoxin, right? So we know the negative implications of alcohol. My mind is clearer without alcohol. The worst thing that can happen to me if I don't drink is I feel an emotion. And like these are just some thoughts I came up with, but you might have your own thing. Emotions are energy in motion. They are vibrations that create physical sensation in my body. If I feel them, I will know more about myself. If I feel them, I will allow the emotion to be processed. Alcohol is not a character trait, so it doesn't define the essence of who you are. It is not a requirement of adulthood. It isn't authentically me. So when you drink, you don't become more of yourself. You become less of authentically who you are. It is a habit-forming substance. It is a chemical that alters my brain chemistry. It changes my emotions. And here are some like thoughts that you might think that are objections to why it feels impossible. It's just like one example. I don't want to be the only one not drinking. 
And then so you can kind of take that and go a little bit deeper, like how is that true? Or what is underneath that that's also true that can just create more neutral thoughts so that if you go out to a happy hour, when your initial thought, the thought of the habit is, oh my God, I don't want to be the only one not drinking. That makes you feel anxious and uncomfortable and awkward, right? And then it creates all these thoughts about what it means about you, what will everyone think, so on and so forth, right? But we know none of that's true because it's just a thought. It hasn't even happened. So a thought could be, a neutral thought could be, I can drink something, right? Like I can have a, a glass with something inside of it, right? So if everyone has a glass with something inside of it, does it really matter what's inside of yours? And will anyone even know? And I'm not saying you should like hide this, but it's kind of like, People might not even know. If I don't drink, I can observe the effects of not drinking. Like I can observe myself. I can observe other people better. No one else can make decisions for me. So when you think I don't want to be the only one not drinking, but the results are the ones that you, the things that you have to deal with. No one can deal with your results and no one can make decisions for you. So again, you have to kind of step into that, um, that adulthood place and decide like, well, I'm making decisions for my highest and best self, regardless of what other people are doing, right? It kind of comes back to like, if Sally jumped off the bridge, would you do it too? Like, you know, but as adults, like we're still thinking in that mindset. So can kind of bring it back to like, why am I doing it just because everyone else does? That's When you say it out loud, it seems kind of silly, right? Um, if I don't drink, I will see everything as it actually is because there, you won't be altered. I mean, of course, we still have our conditioned mind, but you will see that situation f- for what it actually is. Like, um, you know, my clients really explore, like, what do they really like? Like, do I really like... Um, the certain band or the certain event or the certain person, right? Like, do I really like it as me? Or was it, was my, whereas I just altered and thought I enjoyed it, right? And so you get to really explore what you like without alcohol because you're seeing things as they actually are. Um, some other thoughts, and if this is true for you, you know, I love my friends as they are. Right. So if you love them as they are, does it matter if if you're not drinking the same beverage as they are? They support me. If you like your friends as they are and you have great relationships, then they support me. And you know, if these statements aren't true for you, then there's also like further investigation there, right? Um, when I don't drink, I'm actually connecting on a deeper level by being more authentically me. When we have this wall or this buffer, there's something in between our ability to relate and the other person that you can't, when there's a buffer and a filter, there's something about that experience that is inauthentic. Drinking simply just isn't necessary, right? It's not needed. It's, it's a want, it's a desire. It's not something that, um, that you need to create like any specific goal or you need for survival. Drinking is a self-imposed limitation. We go our whole lives looking for ways to kind of be better versions of ourselves, right? Getting in shape, getting healthy, learning more, educating ourselves. But then we go and take this thing that becomes this limitation for how we can show up whether we're drinking or not, because when you're in the habit of drinking, there the ripple effects are in every facet of your life, 100% guaranteed whether or not you see it right now. They're in all of your relationships. It's in how you show up for work. It is in how you show up to yourself for your spirituality, your finances, your money. It is in everything. So it is a self-imposed limitation and it is the biggest inhibitor is your creative channel and your ability to solve problems. Because if you're unwilling to feel emotions, you can just throw problem solving out the window. You just create more and more problems for your life because you're always looking for like the negative. You're not looking for the solution and you don't even, your, your vessel, your channel isn't clear enough to just bring in some of that some of that creative solution. So it's like, 
If you've got problems right now and you get alcohol out of your way, chances are you're going to see things in a whole new light. Like my clients get alcohol out of their way and then they start solving every other problem. Like why don't you have enough you know, money to be able to do the things that you love to do or um, you know, why, why are you always in, um, in an argument with your partner, right? Like we get to go deeper and to solve problems because we're willing to examine ourselves. We're willing to take responsibility for our life. So what if this just wasn't that hard, right? What if this was just the next right step in your life? Just the next obvious step. So there's kind of like these three steps of going from the impossible to the possible to bridge the gap. First is awareness. So you have to identify your thinking and how it's making you feel. If you don't see the subconscious thoughts, they can continue to gather more and more evidence for their support in your life. And they just generate more power and they feel like they become more powerful. So awareness, identifying your thinking and just saying like, is that true, right? So this is the education piece. That's step two, education. Become curious about some other truths around why it's compelling to not drink, right? Ask yourself, what's compelling about drinking? But what's compelling about not drinking? And chances are the more compelling reason to not will be to not drink. Again, you have to be open to it. You have to be honest with yourself. If you don't show up with honesty, it's not going to work. And then step three is growth. So you got to implement the tools and procedures, right? So you pause, you feel your emotions, you validate yourself from a place of compassion and love and worth. And then you get curious, right? So you have to implement those. This is how you grow and learn something new. So awareness, identify your thinking. Education, step two, become curious, gain more information. And then step three is growth. Implement the tools and procedures of like an actual strategy and continue to show up for them again and again and again until they become the new way. This is how we change. This is how we learn. This is how we create new habits. This is how we go from impossible to possible. I know there is infinite possibilities waiting for you and they are living all inside of your beautiful mind and your beautiful heart. I think you're fantastic. If there's anything you need, any question you want answered on the show, please reach out. I would love to connect. And don't forget to give me a five-star review. That would be so awesome. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful spring weather. Thank you so much and have a wonderful week, you guys. Bye. Hey, if you are loving this podcast, you are definitely ready for the next step. I would love to invite you to learn my three shifts process to interrupt any craving and get you started on your journey to finding freedom from alcohol. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to schedule a private call with me. You will leave the call with the tools for success and feeling confident and excited about entering into your new phase of life. And it's completely free to you. I look forward to connecting.